Welcome back to the Dark Matter podcast. Today, I am delighted to welcome a very inspiring young woman. Kijibek Barchikanova is a trailblazer for gender equality and the empowerment of girls and women in STEM, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. When I first heard about her story and the space journey she and her colleagues embarked on, I was in disbelief. If I told you about it, you might not even believe it. So I think it's better we hear it from them directly. Kijibek, welcome to the Dark Matter podcast. How are you today? Yeah, thank you very much for inviting us to this podcast. We are very thrilled. Today, my colleague, Amna, is also joining us. Uh, I think we might also have another colleague who is joining us at the moment, Aidana. Aidana, it's great to see you as well. Uh, so, So you are the program director of the Kyrgyz Space Program, a unique first-of-its-kind initiative in Central Asia that aims to empower girls and women to literally reach for the stars. Uh, but before we get into the specifics of the program, what you're trying to achieve, and why you're doing this, I'd like to ask you, all of you, all three of you actually, um, I'd like to ask you more of a big picture question. What does space mean to you? Why does it matter to you? And how has it empowered you? Yeah, uh, it's a great question. I think I can start and then my colleagues can also add. So for me personally, the space was all about, you know, beautiful pictures, very picturesque movies. I really loved, you know, watching the sky, uh, watching the moon change as well, uh, all of its phases. I really loved all the space movies, but I never thought of it of something real, I guess. And it just happens uh, to be so my country where I grew up was never associated in any kind with space. And for me, now it is very sad and unfortunate because uh, as I usually say that my country, Kyrgyzstan, uh, and people here think that space and Kyrgyzstan are two parallels that are not or were not supposed to meet. So this is a perception of space that we unfortunately have. Therefore, when I was growing up, I never thought that, you know, I could work in space industry. I knew that back in the USSR, uh, the time where my parents grew up, uh, there was a generation of people who really wanted to be astronauts, cosmonauts, <laughs> and space engineers. But unfortunately for my generation, that was not the story. And therefore, I would say that my space interest mainly arose from uh, watching the movies. And then when uh, this program was established, I was really interested, like, wow, you can actually work in space being in Kyrgyzstan. So it was really exciting. And now I don't think of space as only, you know, beautiful pictures, but for me, it's also a science, it's a mission, it's passion and something that uh, can attract more girls and youth uh, to STEM. Fantastic. If, if you guys want to jump in, please feel free to. But one point I want to stress, Kizibek, is indeed, as you suggest, your background is not really in space. You, you studied, um, I believe, economics and programming. So I'm also curious how you, you first ha heard about space, how that became something you wanted to focus on. But perhaps if your colleagues want to jump on on why space matters to them and what it means to them. Uh, space, uh, all this uh, has been uh, uh, unreal, uh, like uh, for Jibek. 
but now I think about it uh, as uh, a tool for um, for something that is useful uh, here on Earth, uh, because uh, many technologies that are used today are uh, made uh, for uh, space missions originally, uh, and um, the space uh, was actually close to me all the time uh, because. Uh, now, recently, uh, I found out uh, that uh, my um, uh, grandmother's uh, brother um, was working for that institution in Bishkek that uh, was making uh, details for spacecrafts uh, back in the USSR. And I, my family just uh, I guess they just uh, didn't think that uh, it was important uh, and I uh, didn't know about it uh, until recently. Right. It was uh, close every time. What about you, Aidana? Do you have anything to add? What, what does space mean to you? Uh, I actually, as Kuzubek, I never thought that I would end up working in this field because uh, space was so far from me like growing up i watched space movies or cartoons only like sitting at home and i don't know i never dreamed of becoming an astronaut because i kind of realized that it's not quite possible in our country and i think when i ended up being in this program i, I was quite interested because it, it was so like wild the idea was so wild but yeah, coming here, I realized that I would love to give the new generation of Kyrgyz girls and boys um, the dream that they can start dreaming about becoming like aerospace engineers or like astronauts. Because I think I would love to, like uh, lots of people ask me like, oh, you're um, working on satellites, you must love uh, space like since the very childhood. And I'm like, actually, no, because I never knew that I had opportunity. like. That there was a possibility to do that so yeah i think that I makes, that makes sense that yeah. makes a lot of sense and actually that brings us more specifically to the program you guys are part of so um Kizibek, you're the program director of the kyrgyz space program can you tell us a little bit what this program is about yeah sure the program was established five years ago in march of 2018 it was established by a media uh, outlet, which was really surprising for a lot of people. Just this media outlet was really interested in establishing a program which would attract more girls to science, technology, engineering, and math. And this is how we girls found out about the project. We also applied uh, and we joined at a different time in 2018. But it was a really interesting project for us because it said that a group of girls will launch the first satellite of the Kyrgyz Republic. The most exciting part is that uh, as a team, we did not only aim uh, to launch the satellite, but we also established an educational and social project where we would teach uh, girls and women of different ages, you know, how to solder, how to work uh, with uh, different microcontrollers, how to code, uh, how to create their 3D models and print them on 3D printer. We were probably talking more about the education and some career opportunities they were able to get as we did 
when we joined the project. So we don't only have one goal of launching uh, the satellite, but also to raise awareness about STEM, uh, about career opportunities, about life opportunities, because we usually say that an educated girl and an educated woman will lead to an educated nation and also financial independence. And it's a really important aspect of what we are trying to achieve uh, together with our team and our project. So I would say that <laughs> when we try to describe our program uh it is such a broad <laughs> we do have a lot of activities that we want to incorporate and uh, launching a satellite uh, and the, making it the first satellite of our country is one of the uh, fascinating goals that we have but this is the most challenging i would say i would imagine yeah but as i mentioned in my introduction when i first heard about it I thought, what, what does that even mean? Send, you're just sending a satellite? That sounds, that sounds really crazy. Uh, but from what you're saying, the work you do is as much about that, uh, exploring space, even conquering space, as it is to about reflecting and thinking about our societies down on, on our Earth. So what would you say your, your hope is in terms of making people realize things, in terms of challenging stigmas as well? What, what do you hope um, to make people realize? Yeah, I think uh, we can start from the context and my colleagues can also add. <clears throat> so this program was established uh, not simply because, you know, we wanted a satellite in space, mm. but because our country and maybe I would also say our region, Central Asia, we do have a lot of problems and issues when it comes to gender equality and specifically women's rights. Uh, if you look at statistics and data, we have a lot of gender-based violence. Uh, our country, I think, is also popular, and it's very sad that we are popular for bride kidnapping. And a lot of girls do not get you know, to go to universities sometimes, especially it happens in the rural area because they say that investing in girls' education uh, doesn't you know, have a lot of returns, so it's better to make her primary caregiver mm. household so what we are trying to do is to show that there is an example of a different life that an empowered woman uh, an empowered girl can empower a lot of people and it's really important to have educated girls and educated women in your house and in your country you don't have to you know suppress them they have to have all the equal rights and they have to exercise them as well because we do have a lot of laws that empower women but when it comes to uh, the situation itself like de facto right when we say that unfortunately it doesn't happen so we are trying to create role models where girls can look up and say wow i want to be like her i want to be a scientist i want to be an engineer i want to send satellites <laughs> i want to do something fascinating uh, we also respect the right of women or girls uh, to uh, get married, uh, give birth to children and sit at home if they're willing to, but we have to understand that it was her choice. Mm. So basically what we're trying to achieve is to make girls and women realize that they do have a choice, mm. that they uh, can uh, decide for themselves what they want to do. So therefore we do have an all uh, girls team and we want to show that girls are capable of anything. So this is uh, 
the primary goal of our program when it comes to the social part. Uh, so yeah, more empowered girls, I think, is also one of our. It's about uh, giving them an option. That makes sense. That that's that's really brilliant. Um, can I ask more in practice, perhaps, what the work looks like on a daily basis? What are the steps between the moment you think, okay, we want to send a satellite into space, and the moment you actually do it? What does that look like? I suppose it starts with some kind of training. I would be also really curious to hear from all three of you, maybe if you have specialization or specific uh, tasks you're assigned. Yeah, I think I can start because it's my favorite topic <laughs> because uh, lots of people come to our office and come to us to see how we work because it, it sounds so like, you know, interesting, like building a satellite. But the reality is that most of the time, most of the time we are working with our computers, finding like new information, learning something new, uh, finding like uh, new mentors, applying for grants, finding some funding opportunities. And it just it's not as exciting as it is as may sound and sometimes we were laughing that there were some journalists coming uh, to our office to see how we work and they're like can you make some action because they were implying that it, it was looking quite boring for them and but yeah the reality is that we are just working with our computers and uh, most of the time i think uh, me and kazibek especially we work with the administrative tasks and uh anya for example she works more with the technical projects for now and yeah it's it just how it is we are just trying our best to make it work but yeah we hope that people realize that it's not us working with like 3d uh, printers and like actually like building satellite details we do have exciting parts um, but uh, it's um, for example last year it was two uh, weeks uh, when we invited our mentors uh, that uh, helped us uh, to, to finally work uh, with uh, our satellite draft for the first time uh, we had uh, hands-on training and another exciting part is uh, usually happens when we invite our mentees or trainees and teach them how to soldier, how to make some Arduino projects, etc. And what are some of the big obstacles you faced along the way? Oh, <laughs> this is my. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so uh, I think if we look at the very beginning, uh, I think I use uh, the word unfortunately a lot. <laughs> she shouldn't, but again, unfortunately, after the collapse of the USSR, we lost uh, the bureau that was manufacturing some parts for the space missions uh, where Anna's uh, relative worked because it was relocated uh, to Russia because we were separated and unfortunately we could not preserve that any kind of space industry in our country which means that we have no infrastructure or no specialists working and it's been more than 30 years right uh, for now so this was our first obstacle we did not know who to ask for advice within our country. <laughs> so for the most part, we had to Google things. And, you know, with the space industry, it's uh, 
classified to some extent. That's why it's really hard, you know, to Google everything. <laughs> Google will not have all the answers when it comes to space or satellite building. Therefore, we had to find or some mentors found us when they heard about us. And we have a lot of mentors worldwide, but because of the difference uh, of time zones, sometimes it's really hard to connect. But yeah, we're very thankful to them for giving us all that knowledge that they had and they were really eager to work with us. Uh, second thing I would say is that because we had no infrastructure, uh, therefore we have no universities where we can study in our country, space engineering. <laughs> so we had zero background in satellite building or aerospace engineering. So we had to learn everything from scratch, which was also uh, really challenging, but I think we kind of uh, made it happen. And uh, then the next part, I think, Oh, every space mission, to some extent as well, has some challenges when it comes to funding because aerospace engineering is quite expensive. And even though we're aiming to launch nanosatellite, which is comparatively cheaper, still, it's quite an expensive journey and mission for our country. So I would yeah, point out those three. That makes sense. Um... Idana, I see you uh, nodding. I, th I think uh, you've, you've been through the, the obstacles as well. Uh, maybe I can ask you, how, um, how would you define success? All three of you, anybody who wants to jump in, how would you define success? Because Kijibek, earlier you've hinted at the fact that of course the goal is to send a satellite, but it's, it's so much more uh, than, than just that. It's about the bigger societal impact. So do you have any way to assess this? Have you had feedback from other people? being inspired by your project, other maybe younger girls looking up to you. How, how What does success look like when you embark on such a journey? Uh, the main uh, goal uh, for us uh, is uh, to launch uh, the satellite. And we know that uh, they uh, often fail. Uh, they don't uh, even, uh, they can't even uh, get uh, a, sing a single signal uh, from uh, satellite. So for us, uh, it would be a success to get uh, the message for, from the launch company that they uh, threw it out. Uh, and uh, if we get a single, sig uh, single signal, um, yeah, that would mean uh, that we have 100 uh, success. Mm. 100% success. Yeah, I think what Anna is implying is that it's our program maximum. Yeah. <laughs> so that would make us the happiest if we launch a satellite and it works because uh, in accordance with some research, 50%, even more of this educational missions fail. The satellite simply doesn't <laughs> turn on in space. And I would say that we also have a program minimum or program middle. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> when it comes to the success of our project. I think uh, making difference even within our team, because our team has changed a lot throughout this journey. Uh, for example, Anna, she was studying uh, linguistics. And then when she joined our program, she, and even before that, uh, 
she realized that she wants to do something uh, more scientific, more technical. And then, yeah, she switched her majors and now she's, uh, can we call you a software engineer? Not uh, really. Now I am a quality engineer uh, and formerly I was uh, working um, not really a software engineer, but uh, maybe a programmer that uh, helped uh, journalists to get data yeah we, we can call her software engineer <laughs> i think yeah she's really cool and some other girls uh within our team also thought of uh going uh to learn uh some type of engineering like mechanical or telecommunications some of the girls who studied engineering understood that for example like dana <laughs> she understood that well probably i don't like doing it so i will do something different but the great thing about our space is that there are so many majors there are so many specializations you can do uh, a lot of uh, people do different type of work which doesn't have to be really technical so it's really great so we do see this change within the team and we see how it impacted and we believe that some of the girls who were also part of our uh, courses or maybe who uh, saw us somewhere or learned about us were probably motivated and for me personally this is already a great impact also a success story so because we are aiming to change behaviors and change the attitudes so for us doing that and keeping the project alive and impacting more girls and youth within our region and the world is what we're really looking for and for me this is what i call success okay. uh, yeah Ivana, do you have Maybe. Oh, yeah, I think I want to add that uh, for a long time, like since I joined the program, for me, the maximum goal was, of course, like uh, the working satellite in the orbit. And also, like, I really wanted to for us to establish like a space agency because we don't have one. And uh, after like working with some specialists, we realized that when you have a special like Curious space agency that works with government, it's easier to apply for some grants and for opportunities. So that was my like main goal. But uh, and for a long time, I think I was thinking that if the project fails, it means that I personally failed. That like my five years of working here, like it was a waste of time. But uh, last year when I came to Budapest to uh, study, I started like working less in the project and I think I started to seeing it as a third party like and I realized actually that we were doing so great like I was like oh for this last five years we have done so many collaborations we have like taught more than like 100 girls and that we were doing great and I was like wow I done it I, I never knew that you were so good <laughs> so I think yes uh, coming uh, like uh, for quite a like small time when I was not working, I realized that actually like sending a satellite to space and like making it work, it's only like one part of the main goal and that what we are doing is much bigger. So yeah, I think uh, now I'm I'm becoming more mature, <laughs> like Kazibek. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, so yeah. Do you get any backlash or negative comments around you being a woman uh, working in space? Did people not take you seriously? Have you experienced any negative uh, feedback? 
I think it was um, when our interviews was like getting online. I, I remember there were some comments like, "Oh, girls are building satellites. They uh, fight on the first week because they have like same T-shirt." Or I remember I think on one video there was a comment, "Oh, like the only thing that girls can do well is like giving birth." So there were some like negative comments, and I think the uh, worst ones were from women actually. I remember that uh, in one of my interviews, there was a woman commenting like, "Oh, like CubeSat were like um, CubeSat were uh, was started to be used like 20 years ago. What are you doing now, like 20 years later? Like you are not inventing something new." And I was quite upset because we were not saying that we are like doing some like I don't know like breakthrough. Uh, we were just trying to make this industry work in our country and uh, for us it's like doing like almost like a bare minimum like cubesats are very like beginner stage projects uh, for example in uh, u.s countries and, or U u.s and europe countries uh like school kids do these kind of projects but in our country because we don't have any kind of back background in space engineering it's quite hard uh, I, I mean, even like uh, working with grounding, <laughs> I, it was a very hard work because we realized that in Kyrgyzstan we don't have a proper grounding in houses. Because when we were like inviting our mentors, we were supposed to have all these like safety things uh, checked. And we realized that people don't even look through some sort of basic things in everyday life. So, yeah, I think. It was quite a great journey, and I always laughed that um, because I didn't study for the last four years at university. I always laughed that this project was like kind of university of life for me because I learned so much and I experienced so much. So yeah, I I love this project. Inspiring project. Um, it's it's really cool to hear about it. Um, again, I'm really thankful for you guys to join us. Uh, I have one more question, Kizibek, because you've mentioned. Of course, the, the issue of money, which in any project is an issue, but especially when you want to send a satellite. How can we support your project? Is, it, uh, is there a website where people can make donations, for example? Yes, yes. Uh, people certainly can support our project through Patreon by becoming our program's patrons. Uh, so we do also update and have some news there. And of course, uh, we have PayPal and we are going to launch our website really soon. So people can learn more uh, about uh, how can they support our program. And of course, they can always subscribe uh, to our social media uh, accounts to see our updates and news yeah, and just <laughs> share uh, about our program. Fantastic. We'll make sure to, to put all of that in, in the description below. Uh, thank you once again for joining us. Uh, this was the Dark Matter podcast. I look forward to seeing you next time for another exciting episode about space. Take care. <laughs>